Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. We want to welcome you to episode three of the Pastor's Porch. Today we are talking about part two of Conversations That Matter, the Inflow and Outflow of Ministry. Today, Pastor Zach and I are going to answer some questions about practical conversations that we need to have as a body of Christ. And so I'm going to start today with uh, question number one. And this is, how can I have the faith and strength to live out practical conversations? Well, I I think to answer that question, thank you guys for being here with us. We appreciate that. We would look at this in the context in which we spoke last week when we talked about the importance of the gospel and we talked about what is the gospel and the mission of the church. So now the question is, how do I have the faith to do this? Well, I believe when I look at the faith and the strength, the the greatest example I see in the scriptures is the early church. When I look at people filled with the Holy Spirit Uh, I specifically see that he is our faith and he is our strength. The strength and the power to become a witness. If we look at the book of Acts in the first chapter in the eighth verse, uh, Jesus says, But you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so for me, in the context of how do I, maybe the question should be, how do we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us? Because the mm-hmm. answer is not found in ourselves. Correct. It's not natural to walk up to somebody and talk about their eternity. Uh, and when we are apart from the Holy Spirit, we're not going to do that effectively. Through the Holy Spirit, we have received the power to speak the Word of God and to go uh, into the cities in which we live in and to go into the places in which He's called us. And by the Holy Spirit, then, we are empowered with the faith and the strength to be a witness in those moments. And so maybe... Take a little bit of pressure off yourself because yeah. it's the Holy Spirit working through you, uh, not your own self, uh, not in your own strength or not in your own power. Yeah, and I that just reminds me of Hebrews 12 in, in verse 2. You know, Hebrews 12 is uh, the, the patience, the running with patience, running with endurance, enduring things that are set before us. This is the chapter that talks about all that in verse 2. says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so just stopping there with what that says is the practicality of we have to be in the word. We have to be um, abiding in our relationship with Jesus. And then after it says, as you look at him, the author, meaning the beginning, the finisher, the end of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the same shame, excuse me, is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What that tells me is when we look unto Jesus, he endured everything we did. He endured the cross. He despises shame. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, sending the Holy Spirit to be with us. That's where our focus has to be through this. 
Absolutely. is is we can't expect to to have conversations. We can't expect to minister. We can't expect to serve under our own power. Why? Because we will fail, right? And we will. Um, be hindered in what we're able to do. And so we have to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We have to look unto him. We have to be invested in our word. We have to be praying. We have to um, know what the truth of the scripture said so that we can have conversations and have a defense for um, the questions that people the people ask us. And, you know, along with that... Um, you know, sometimes we try to create these opportunities to tell people when the opportunities are going to come just by us living out our daily life. Right. And just serving whatever avenue that the Lord has provided us to, these conversations come up. Um, and, you know, a lot of the good conversations that I have had with people, like I just got my hair cut a couple days ago and I sat in a... Barbara's sharing the barber and I just had good conversations um, about Bible, about some things going on in, in this world and some different things. And and all of those conversations happened because of just who I was in that moment. Yeah, Just me being who God has called me to be and understanding the word and understanding um, what this individual that I was having a conversation with was trying to... Um, talk about and just being a listener, you know, it goes back to, to James, uh, the book of James, um, when it talks of, talks about, you know, we need to be listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we listen, um, yeah, be, yeah, being swift to hear is, I think, is exactly what it says, being swift to hear, um, being quick to listen. Then as we listen, we take it to the Word of God so that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, can then speak through us through those conversations. You know, and the, the the verse when you talked about how Jesus is the author and Jesus is the finisher and Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit. This is what I believe when I read when I heard you speak that I was thinking of First Peter uh, chapter three and verse fifteen. It says, "But sanctify the Lord the Lord God in your hearts." Be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So when we read that, that's like apologetics 101, okay? Mm -hmm. 1 Peter 3.15. But we're kind of getting into question two of how do we start. But think about this for just a minute. Let's read the first part of that verse again. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And every time I read this, I can't help but think about when Joshua is fixing to lead the children of Israel uh, across the sea, right? They're fixing to cross the Jordan. They're fixing to go into the promised land. They're fixing to move to the place that God had been telling them for years they were going to inhabit. And if you remember the conversation there in the book of Joshua, uh, he says, set yourself aside for three days. He says, you need to be set apart. You need to be sanctified before you enter into what God has for you. Well, in the context of, of this verse that Peter is writing, He says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Okay, so first, before we become a witness, before we're we're operating in the Holy Spirit, before we move to that conversation to have with somebody, is Jesus Mm -hmm. set aside in your heart? Yeah. Is Jesus 
different than everything else in your life or did you just add him to your life? Mm, that's good. Right? Did Jesus is Jesus sanctified, set apart in your hearts? Because if he is, then the Bible says, be ready to give an answer because men will ask you, why do you have this hope? I've had men ask me that. Zach, why are you not a drunk anymore? Yeah. How did you change? And then again, yep. you have to redirect it away from Correct. you because it's not about me. It's about the Holy Spirit working in us. But but when they do ask that question, the Bible says, do it with meekness yep. and fear, a reverence for the Lord. Yeah. Sanctify the Lord. Christ. That's good. And, and, you know, kind of finishing out this first question, how do you have the faith and strength to live it is just exactly what Peter says is the sanctification process that comes through working your salvation out with fear and trembling to the Lord. Yes. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things by my own strength and faith that I have not been able to do or been able to believe in. Right. But it's the importance of knowing the Word of God, knowing your faith, mm-hmm. knowing what um, scriptures and the truth says and how to give an answer with the meekness and gentleness yes. to yes. those that ask. That's that's so good. And so leading that leads into question number two. So question number one is, how do I have that faith and strength to live this out and to, and to um, kind of face some of those things that come against me? And number two is kind of more of the practical size is, is how do I start? How do I start or or where do I start with this? Well, to start, in order to speak on anything, any topic under the sun, you must be experienced in that topic. Mm-hmm. The Bible says very clearly in the book of Psalms, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. You must have tasted the goodness of Jesus. Yeah. And if you have tasted the goodness of Jesus, you will then have no problem opening your mouth. Um, if today we decided to go up and watch the, the Razorback baseball game this evening and they just, just put a hurting on the team they're playing, you and I both are baseball guys. We would enjoy speaking of that. We would Correct. enjoy, uh, we'd go home and tell our wives or our kids. We'd, we'd talk to our parents. We wouldn't have a problem telling anybody of what had we had seen. Mm-hmm. Well, in the simplest, most easy form I can put, is you must be willing to open your mouth. Yeah. It's just, it's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has been so good to us. Don't overthink it. The Lord is not asking you to prepare a three-point sermon and to preach for 45 minutes most of the time. Correct. But he is simply asking you to have him set, self set apart, sanctified, and to be ready. Yep. And once you have tasted, yeah. once you have seen that the Lord is good, um, this is the fun part. Yeah. This is I was I was witnessing to a woman at, at Waffle House this morning in Fayetteville, um, praying with her for her daughter for her healing. The Holy Spirit said, "I want you to ask her what she needs prayer for." And I said, "Okay, Holy Spirit." And I walked to her and I said, "What does your daughter need prayer for?" And she said, "My daughter." And she gave me her name. And she said, "She needs healing in her body." That's and awesome. I said, "Well, let's pray then." Yeah. And we did that. And I just. It wasn't overly complicated. I was there for coffee with a guy from the church, but it ministered to her. 
Obedience ministers to people. I mean, it's it, the Bible is very clear that obedience is better than sacrifice. And it's a ministry tool. And that's don't miss it. Oh, I, it absolutely is. And I think we so often, you know, think of think of kids. Um, kids always try to sacrifice something so they don't have to obey their parents. Wow. Right. Yes. But when they do, when they are obedient. It brings so much more joy to the relationship of the father, the mother, and the children because yeah. of that and being obedient. And it's the same way in our faith yeah. is is the Lord just asking us to be obedient to what He's called us to. And one thing that comes to mind when it you know it talks about how how do I start these conversations? How do I start sharing? Um, when I started teaching, um, one a lot of people know I'm a very outgoing guy. Um, but when I started really teaching, one thing that I really found out when I started teaching math at the high school level is you really have to know your content mm. to be able to teach it. Speak on that, buddy. And a lot of people would even say that if you really truly want to see if you've learned or know something, teach it. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Yeah. And I don't know why we don't talk about that enough when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to ministry, and when it comes to people within the sanctuary saying that they know Jesus. Well, if we truly want to see if they know Jesus and we truly want to know people are in their word and if we truly want to know how they how they ought to minister um, and to see if you are you know well enough in your faith, go do it. Yes. That's the best way to know if you truly understand the content of something you're trying to teach. Yes. And so let's put that in as plain and as simple as we can. If you truly want to know, you guys that are listening right now, if you truly want to know if you understand the Bible, if you understand your relationship with Christ, go tell it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can go tell it to somebody that you know and somebody that knows Christ, but just say, hey, I want to start with your testimony. I want to share my testimony with you. And if you can't even share your testimony with somebody that you know, then I think that's a challenge that you need to get your word more and you need to pray more and you need to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit of talking to them. Go Go share the simple gospel with somebody you know first. If you want to understand how to practically, how do I start? Go share the gospel with your spouse if you're married. Go share the gospel with a friend at high school if you're if you're in high school. Go share the gospel with your coworker that you talk to with on a daily basis. And if you can't even do that, then there's a problem. And so we need to address the problem first is that you need to be more in your word and you need to be more in prayer and you need to get more of an understanding of who God is to understand the practicality of how we do that. And that's been one thing that I've used even in my own life is if I can't share the gospel with somebody that I am comfortable with, how in the world am I going to be able to share the gospel practically with somebody I don't know? Which challenged me that I need to know the gospel and know the truth of God's word in and the inside and the outside before I'm more worried about practically telling it sure. and living it out. And it just brings up um, James 1. Three, And I'm going to read the Amplified of this. And it says, Be assured that the testing or the trying of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to a spiritual maturity 
and inner peace. One thing that comes out to me, testing, trying. There's only one way you can test and try something. Yeah. Do it. That's right. Do it. Yeah. And and from testing your faith through experience, from trying and, and vocally ministering and having these conversations, then is it going to produce endurance, which is spiritual maturity. And so these people that like, oh, well, I don't know where to start. Sometimes they get on my nerves is because you don't, you're not supposed to know where to right, start. Right. Just start. Yeah. That's what James is telling us. Just start. And from this experience that you're going to grow and learn from, then you're going to be mature enough to have that inner peace on how to talk and communicate from here on out. I'm laughing, not at you. I'm laughing. I'm remembering me uh, when I started when I started preaching years ago. I would sit in my room. Of course, this is the days before Facebook was real popular, or you know these iPhones and social media. This was you know right as that technology trend was starting. So I can remember I would sit in my living room and I would do my Bible study and I'd write down the notes the Holy Spirit had given me. And this would be the middle of the night, eleven o'clock, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I would turn on I would turn on the television and I'd watch Billy Graham preach. And I'd listen to Billy Graham preach, and when Billy Graham got done preaching, I'd turn the television back off and I preached to my dog. My dog would sit in the living room and I would preach to the black TV screen. Yeah. Um, I would try to I didn't I won't say I tried to act like Billy Graham, but I tried to preach with the conviction that I heard in his voice. I would try to understand that what the Lord had given me to speak on these topics, I would begin to preach them back to the television. That may sound just absolutely silly, but you know, eventually I invited my wife in the room and then eventually I got comfortable doing it in smaller groups at the church. And then eventually God started sending me out to the parks and different places around Fayetteville. I would go, I would go give people, listen, this is the truth. I would go give people Gatorades in the middle of summer and uh, protein bars, me and Justin used to do that, just if they would give me five minutes to talk to him about Jesus. Strangers on the street. I remember one time I had a box of Little Debbies, and we was pulling over every every couple people we'd find walking down the road, and we'd give them a Twinkie if they'd let us talk to him about Jesus. And then I know there's somebody out there laughing, thinks that's just silly, but I'm telling you, I have paid people with food I've given them five dollars in Atlanta, Georgia, to give me five minutes to hear about Jesus. Yeah, I have, I have, I've walked up to people, and 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 I know I'm not saying you got to buy their time and all this. I'm just telling you what I've done, and these are real experiences in my life that all of us had to start somewhere. Yeah, and the only way you're going to be comfortable doing something like you said. Is to do it. I used to preach to myself in the mirror. Absolutely. I used to yeah. record myself, and I hate listening yeah. to myself talk and hate watching myself speak. But I'm you, glad we made a podcast. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. But it, no, like it sounds silly, but you get comfortable that way. You do. I can remember you my dad. To. I can remember my dad telling me uh, when he would grow up, he would literally stand on a woodpile and preach to the to the rest of the woodpile. Yeah. Absolutely. Just practicing and working it out. And, Absolutely. And, you know, it seems silly as we talk about that. But I, I truly believe the Lord sees that and helps us grow in our own maturity. No doubt about on it. On how to develop and articulate our words yes. 
um, our thoughts appropriately to then be able to have these conversations that matter uh, with individuals. You know, the Holy Spirit still sometimes here. I will go in the sanctuary and preach a message just between the Lord and I. Nobody's in the room. Nobody's there. Just me and the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, we're blessed, you know, the size church and amount of people that come around here. But there's times I go in there and I just preach to the Lord, his word. And um, I don't know, maybe that's just for me. You know, maybe that sounds wild to other people, but I still do that to this day. And I enjoy my time with the Lord. I've never been disappointed when his word came from my lips. Yeah. Ever. Never. Never. Never been disappointed when his word came from my lips. Well, let's get in to our last question. So we've talked about how can I have the faith and strength and how do I start? And then the last one, the last one's um, a tough one for, for all of us. Um, but it's, it's an important question that we need to talk about with, with everybody that listens is what if they reject me? So in other words, um, what do I do if people reject hearing the gospel from me? Well, again, this is where the worldview that the media and, and the, the culture and everyone's trying to change right now uh, is not going to agree with what I'm fixing to say. But this, this is the reality. Every soul you've ever met has value. Yes. And every soul you've ever met uh, is redeemable. Uh, I do believe that the Lord Christ can save any man on this planet. And uh, I do believe any woman, any child, any person. Um, I do believe, though, that very clearly the New Testament teaches them that receive not Christ will spend eternity separated from him. Correct. And very clearly the Bible says uh, there in John 3, 3, 16 and 17 are the verses we know, but we don't ever talk about 18 through 20. Listen to this. This is 3... Uh, John 3, 18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Praise God. But he that believes not is condemned already. Yeah. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light. Yeah. Because their deeds were evil. And, and the scripture goes on, and later in verse 36, I believe it is down there, it says that the wrath of God abides on people when they have not received Jesus. The Bible says very clearly in Hebrews 9 and 27 that it's appointed in the man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Correct. And this is why this conversation matters. Because they are not rejecting you. No. You should fast, you should pray, you should be prepared in the Word of God to stand with any person and tell them the good news of Jesus. Amen. You should also see this reality, that there are people who will reject the gospel. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, but I mean, you go even study the New Testament, I mean, it's very obvious that even Jesus is, himself, red letters, says, they reject me. It's not you yeah, that they are that's rejecting. Right. That's right. It's me that they are rejecting. But yes. stand firm. Keep your faith. And it's just, it's a hard conversation because we live in a culture right now where 
there is no more true rejection. It's just like a casting off and forgetting of people. Yes. Is the 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 now rejection is you know what rather than just rejecting you um, of what you're saying and, and still loving you as an individual, not only am I going to reject you, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Right. And right. so and that's that's hard, especially when we talk about this topic where we want to share the gospel with people and we should share the gospel with people, but we're scared of that rejection because we still want to be friends with them and we still want to have conversations with them. Right. So I think now in, in our cultural mindset. Um, and it's sad that we think that way, but it's just a reality is, um, we're scared that they won't have anything to do with us anymore, which is why we don't share. Well, we value the things of this earth more than we value the kingdom. We do. And, and the the reason we let this get all up in our, our Kool-Aid, um, is because we're so earthly minded. Correct. We forget our heavenly purpose. Yeah. And, and when people get in this place. This is what I call the danger zone for Christians. Because you become apathetic. You become apologetic. You don't need to apologize for what God's Word says. No. God's Word says what God's Word says. We should adhere to God's Word, not God's Word adhere to us. Correct. And and this is the reality. We don't have to... We don't have to do it in hate. We don't have to do it in, in anger. We don't have to do it in any other way. But this is the reality. I believe Jesus is coming back. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe that he was resurrected. I believe that he came out of the tomb. And I believe that he has left his Holy Spirit to infiltrate and infill every person who comes to Christ on this earth. He's the one that brings the truth to us. He's the one that brings the light to us. And we have come to relationship through him. We've been sealed through the Holy Spirit. But I do believe this. I do believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And I do believe that Jesus is going to come get his church. Yeah. And this is what I know. I don't have a date. I don't have discernment on when that is. But I can tell you this. I can see the signs of the times. Yes. And, and I believe that Jesus is, is closer to coming now than many people realize. And this is what I would say. Can you think of one person on the earth? Can you think of one you would invite to go through the seven-year tribulation period? I can't. No. I can't, I can't think of one. I wouldn't uh, even want it on my worst enemy. And that's just going to be the because, seven years on earth. Yeah, and that just goes back to what you said, is that we have to realize that their soul is what we're seeking after, oh, not, the, Lord, not, the, not the physical, no, no. emotional, catastrophic ways we view people on earth. But it doesn't their matter. Soul. Even the worst of the worst still has a soul that Jesus is longing after. And so, you know, this, this question, it, it's great emphasis is what do we do if they reject us? We, we need to pray for them. Love on them still. And remember that they, just as you said earlier, they aren't rejecting Zach and T. No. They aren't rejecting those of you who are listening who have shared the gospel with people around you. They're not rejecting you. It's the conviction and the condemnation that they have that the enemy has binded them in because of things on this earth that they are rejecting the gospel and rejecting Jesus. They are rejecting you. You know, it just brings up a conversation you and I had earlier this week of the importance that we should never get away from the cross. Ever. 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 And so when I think about that, and when I think of sharing the gospel with somebody who rejects it, they're rejecting Jesus on the cross, that doesn't make me mad at them. Right. And it should never make me mad at them. 
it hurts me that they would rather choose to endure something like that on their own rather than accepting the free gift that Jesus did for us. Man, I got some, I got some encounters, man. We could go in. I'm telling you that that people don't realize, people don't realize how real eternity is. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had a better understanding of eternity and the cross, like you said, uh, the resurrection and uh, the prophecy to be fulfilled, the soon coming Messiah. Yeah. If we understood where we were and where we are, if we truly understood how beautiful a soul must be that both the Lord and Satan himself are pursuing. Yeah. I don't believe um, that we can say it any better than that. Every person you've ever met has been pursued by the Lord Christ and the enemy of his soul. Yep. Satan himself. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. And what is our job? Don't get in your feelings because they said no. Correct. Love them. Preach the cross. Don't change and don't compromise. You don't yeah. have to comp- don't compromise God's word. Yeah. Because I do believe that matters too. And yeah. We don't really have time to go into that. No. But don't change God's word. Nope. Just nope. to make them feel better about their Correct. sin. Correct. Every it, man needs to be born again. That's yes. why the Bible says we yeah. must be born again. And you know, you Every said man. you could go to several accounts and different things, and one one comes to mind, and I'm not going to use any names or get into the details because I don't want to steal this testimony from somebody, but I know of a particular individual that um, not necessarily an open rejection straight to their face, but somebody in their life that rejected for about 16 years the gospel. And 16 years in praying for them and sharing the gospel with them, they finally came to know Christ. That's right. And they've sat in this church and said, if I would have only known and tr- mm. trusted 16 years ago. Think about that. Wow. They, they sat and just bawled in this church talking about it. And it's just that there was a testimony to this is that the importance of what do you do when this rejection happens? Still love them. That's right. Still pray for them. Know that it's not you being rejected, it's Jesus. And remember that God's word will never return void. Ever. 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 And so it's it's a hard concept for us because we take it so personally. Mm -hmm. But continue to pray for Him. Remember God's word will never return void. And remember if they're rejecting, it's not you, it's Jesus. And so just continue to, to just speak the word because it's at least a seed planted or seed being watered. We may not see the harvest, but we know and we hope that the harvest will happen at some point Amen. on the inside of that. So, Amen. Lord, give every person strength to start. Yes. Give them the strength in the Holy Spirit and give them the follow-through and the obedience. And Lord, uh, cause them to hear these words. Hear your word that we spoke today and be encouraged. And then may we remember that every conversation Amen, amen, amen. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in today. Stay tuned for more episodes. Thanks for listening to the Pastor's Porch. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.